Thank you so much that you're going to tell us all about your story and also about your book that you've got out, which is You Can Self-Heal. I went through a series of very strange health symptoms and very odd, actually. Nobody knew what was wrong with me. And eventually I started having drop-down attacks. Quite literally, the world would spin and I'd fall over and be on the deck. And there was no reason for it at all. And this actually happened while I was in a hospital uh, waiting for a hearing test. And nobody saw what happened, but I knew I was not well at all. And when it came to the hearing test, I completely faked it. I completely messed the hearing test up. I, I told them I could hear when I couldn't and told them I couldn't hear when I could and just generally larked about. And they were so panicky because of the results, because they were so wrong, that they booked me for an MRI check the following day. Well, <laughs> there you go. When the MRI check came back, I had a brain tumor the size of a golf ball. The condition I have is something called NF2, and that means that you get tumors, in this case, most likely on the hearing nerve in the, in the lower skull base, uh, on the balance nerve, the hearing nerve, the facial nerve. And these things can grow quite large. As I say, mine was four and a half, nearly five centimeters across. Wow. My tumors are benign, which is a, a strange term. I mean, it, it did kill me once. So <laughs> for a benign tumor, it can do rather a lot of harm. You know, one of the things is that these things tend to occur on the nerves of the body and obviously in the brain and anything that pushes against a nerve can be quite serious because it can stop that part of your your body functioning whether it's hearing or balance or, or even breathing in some cases when did this actually happen in the original tumor was discovered in 2005 and they reacted quite quickly to that and i had an operation to to deal with the immediate effects of that within about a couple of weeks and then, of course, in 2006, they then had to go after the main tumour because, again, in a very enclosed space like that, it's not something that you can easily deal with by, by normal surgery. If you include the facial rebuilds, I'm up to operation number 14 or 15, but I lost count. Um, what happened was when I was approaching operation 13, it might have been 12, um, I started to get jumpy about getting on the table for number 13, so I stopped counting at that point just in case. Yeah. What were you doing before this all happened? I mean, I, I used to uh, uh, drive all over the UK and drive onto the continent. I used to deal with customers internationally. I used to do 12, 14, 16-hour days, etc., and I was physically very active. Mm. So when... You can't do the job that you were doing before. What did you then go on to do? I couldn't go back to the old world and I needed to do something that was going to give me uh, fulfillment, but also exercise in key areas, particularly speech. I, I had impaired speech, partly from the brain damage. I was dyslexic, but obviously one side of my face was surgically rebuilt. So I actually had to learn to speak all over again. And the thing that came up was if I did training and speaking work and, and as an author, I'd get the chance to stand up in front of people and talk and train and, and explain my, my ways and all, all that I do, which would be very good exercise for me as well, you see. Mm. How did you feel about the first time you got up in front of people? Oh, my goodness, that was a nightmare. Um, I'm glad I did it, but, but my goodness, that was the, one of the most uh, frightening things I ever did. When, uh, to, to, For your listener's point of view, at the time... 
at the worst end of the scale, when I spoke, approximately one word in four, one word in five, would either come out the wrong word or it would come out back to front as a word. Mm. So the concentration required to get the elocution up and the speech up so that people understand what you're saying and also you didn't mess it up really was an immense effort. Did you find that where you did get tongue-tied, how did you deal with that? Did you sort of have a strategy? Or Very much so, uh, yes. Um, the fatigue, sorry, going back, anything to do with head injury, brain tumour particularly, but anything to do with head injury, you will suffer from something called brain fatigue. Mm. And it, it's quite common in, in the genre. And it can mean anything. I mean, in the early days, I used to have to go to sleep two and three hours during the day to get through it. But over time, the combination of the physical exercise, the mental exercise, and then taking breaks as and when, I've now got it so that most days, probably 20 minutes, half hour break, that's all I have to do. I've got uh, a stamina back. I can do a 12, 14 hour day now, but perhaps not at the stress levels that I used to before. Now that you obviously you've written, is it, have you got one book or you've written other books? It's one book out now. And I, I'm contemplating actually two more, but I'm, I'm waiting to see to some degree how the, the reaction to the book, the current book goes, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. When did you actually start writing it? Well, I actually started writing. <laughs> right. There's, there's two books. There's the book that's completed, which I started writing two years ago and was completed approximately 12 months ago. And the other book, which is the, the sort of story about all my background and all the operations and everything, I actually started that five years ago, and I don't think I've got past the first chapter, to be honest. <laughs> it is hard. It always sounds like a good idea to write a book, but it's not Funny easy. you should say that. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you talk about in the book? Oh, right. Well, the, the book is very much for someone who has got major health issues, major change in their life, and it's about how do you get it back, get your life back? How do you rebuild? And it's really about getting a, a plan together in your life, a mind and body approach, so that really you're doing something towards your recovery every day. Um, you can see it. Uh, it's, a, it's a Kindle book. It's an electronic book. You can see it on Amazon. So when you've done reviews and stuff, what kind of feedback have you had from other people, how they felt about when they've read it? Um, Really, um, it, it divides exactly two ways. Someone who is well, someone who has no issues, it sort of um, it just goes over their head. It's almost meaningless to them. Um, someone that has a health issue, someone that's in recovery, someone that's getting a little bit shaky about the way the world is going, it's like you've given them a life raft it's like you've given them a life preserver. Um, and, and that is how it's been all the way through. Once someone understands from the inside out what's going on, and this book's just taking them through the journey, explaining what's happening and why they feel the way they do, it's like a light comes on. And they know exactly what to do. One of the reasons why I wrote the book was that an awful lot of things that I picked up just aren't really common knowledge. And, and once you circulate that, people have got a, a better idea of how they might be able to look after themselves. Mm. How long would you say it's taken you to get to this point? Because obviously we all struggle at the beginning and we all... Oh my goodness, it was a real struggle at the beginning. Um, when I first came home, I could walk 600 yards and that was it for the day. I then had to go back to bed for three hours. The effort from 600-yard walk pretty much would finish me for the day. Mm. And now 
I could probably do five miles if I had to. So it does uh, show about how, you know, it takes, a, you know, it takes a, time, a long time to get to places, but you, you can obviously adapt. No, that, not everyone will get perfect, but we can all adapt and it can take 10 years. I mean, it's taken me, I think I'm, where am I? I'm nine, eight years soon. There you go. So, and I'm a far on from where I was originally. So I think it is quite, you know, to encourage other people that, yes, you might be in your first five years or six years and thinking what's going on, but it does get easier. It does get easier. I mean, the strange thing about the time frame is you bear in mind my intellectual capacity was knocked back 30 years and I've retrieved 95% of that actively pushing for about six years. So in the context of of a 30-year retrieval, to do that in six years is actually quite good. Mm. Because if it took 30 years, it would take forever if you think about it. Yeah, it does feel like a long time. But yeah, I think we have to look back from the beginning, which we don't do very often. We look at how we are now. But if you look from the beginning, yeah. where we were all not doing very well, we, you know... Yes, one of the things, and, and, and the the head injury charities will say this as well um you must keep a diary you have to keep a diary listing what you did because there will be days when you fall over and you'll think oh dear this hasn't gone so well and you look back in the diary and you realize you're doing five times or ten times what you could possibly even attempt a year or two years ago and yes you are falling over but you're doing an awful lot more well thank you so much that you've shared you know your experience and to tell us about the book